You're oh. not part of this. Who is that? Uh, Snowmiser. Snowmiser. Well, Snowmiser just has things to contribute. Well, stop. Snowmiser's our fridge. Yeah. Because we use this as a cold open. <laughs> we may have peaked in 2014, but we've gotta find something to do with our days, and more importantly, some use for our BFAs. So we give you Pam Up Podcast episode. Three. Oh, we didn't um, think of a the title. title? <laughs> This I mean, we could just call it, like... Theater edition. Hey, y'all. Yes, hello. So, this episode, because Pip and I are both major theater nerds, and, you know, studied theater in various aspects in college, and... Uh, I made myself dizzy, sorry. Had yeah, made themselves dizzy, head banging over there while I'm trying to do a serious podcast. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? We did theater stuff in college. And we go to theater whenever we can, which is not often because we don't have a lot of money. But whatever. <laughs> we like theater. So we thought that we would do a little theater episode of this podcast. Because we know some stuff and we know a lot of people who like the theater. So here is a bunch of our knowledge slash opinions slash thoughts slash rantings about theater. Huzzah. So let's start with, because I know this is something that you're so very passionate about let's have a little learning corner with bass and moosh and today we're going to be talking about the oh so controversial 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 bootleg culture okay so (laughs) this is going to really come as a shock but i have some opinions about bootleg culture opinions you listen (laughs) Okay, so, here's the thing. Like, I am a theater maker, yeah? And so I am invested in, like, people caring about theater and respecting theater and supporting theater, both emotionally and financially, so that artists can keep making the stuff and reaching out to the people and giving them the feels and changing lives and whatever it is that we do. Or they do, because, you know, I sit on my couch. But. Don't sell yourself short. You sit in a booth sometimes. (laughs) You got me there. So, the thing is, a lot of artists are, like, really vocally anti-bootleg, which makes sense on the surface, because, like, yes, why would you want someone, after you've worked so hard and invested so much money into making this thing, why would you want people to just be able to, like, watch it for free and have people record it and then you don't get the money that you've earned? But here's the thing about that, and I say this as a theater maker, obviously I'm not on Broadway, I'm not, like, making money for my stuff right now, but, like, here are my thoughts. There are only two kinds of people who watch bootlegs, and the first kind of person is a little theater nerd, because they're always, like, at this point, they're deep, deep in YouTube under ridiculous names. Like, if you're accessing the bootleg in the first place, You are a millennial theater nerd who knows how to work the internet and who knows the minds of the millennials who are posting these bootlegs and what they're going to call these things. You really are. Because, like, I have definitely watched bootlegs. 
but only because Brenna sends them to me. And I grew up on the internet. I understand so much of the internet, but I could not find a bootleg to save my life. Can't do it. Don't understand it. Anything I find is sent to me either from Brenna or one of my other friends. So, I know me some bootleg culture. And so, if you, so, okay, back to my point. Sorry. No, I appreciated it. Um, so you are like a millennial theater nerd who either lives in New York, in which case you are having access to live theater all the time. And if you're watching a bootleg, like ask any little millennial theater nerd who lives in New York, watching the bootleg only makes you want to see the live show more. It's not a like either or situation. It's an and situation. Either you get the bootleg and you're like, man, I've got to see this live, and then you go buy a ticket, or you've already bought a ticket and you've watched it, and then you're just like, I want to watch this again, and I want to intake other theaters, so then you watch the bootleg, but you've already bought a ticket, like you've given them money. That's the first kind of person who watches bootlegs. The second kind of person who watches bootlegs is the little millennial theater nerd who's like in middle America and is not going to be able to access theater. It doesn't have these big, uh, like, theater cities nearby whose family can't afford to fly to New York so that they can see Dear Evan Hansen or whatever. And they watch bootlegs, and it gives them accessibility to this theater that is, I mean, not to sound pretentious, but is changing lives. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen, like, how many little anxious kids have watched that and been like, oh my god, that's me. Like, things are going to be okay. Cut to Pip raising their hand. <laughs> and, like, that's the accessibility. Broadway keeps talking about accessibility for reaching out to the people who need this theater. And this is it. This is the accessibility because little tiny person in middle America nowhere is watching that bootleg and isn't going to ever make it out to New York to see this show or Chicago or San Francisco or wherever the show's going up. So you aren't going to get their money anyway because they can't afford to see it in actual. And so that you're not losing any money on either of those people because the first person is giving you money anyway and the second person was never going to give you money in the first place but now they get to see the show and experience it and be part of this culture which is so amazing and incredible and loving and important for so many people. And that's why bootlegs are not nearly as bad as people think they are because it's not like you're losing like, if a bootleg gets 20,000 views, you're not losing 20,000 ticket sales. Like, it's not a one-to-one -one correspondence there. And so, yeah, that's that's my rant about that, is people... And I mean, I get why people don't like it, because it feels on the surface like, wow, I'm losing money off of this, but you're not. It's just accessibility for people who wouldn't necessarily have it otherwise, slash ramping up interest for people who do have that accessibility for just seeing the live theater. And thank God for bootleg culture because millennials who are, and anyone who's keeping that up for other people on the internet is the true MVP. And that is what I have to say about that. Opinions. So Several many. things. One, I would just like to note that this bootleg culture begins and ends at Broadway shows. Another thing I completely agree, but that's not fun. But, like, I do completely agree because the only bootlegs I have ever watched are shows that I've seen before. Or shows that are no longer on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I watched Hamilton after I paid out the 
bum for tickets. Literally all of their savings. My entire savings account to get one ticket to see it live. And then I just rewatch it because it's amazing. And then, like, Dear Evan Hansen. And, like, the one that I watched before I saw it was Deaf West Spring Awakening. That's just how I knew I wanted to see it. Yeah. So you make very solid points. Because, like, we did buy tickets to Deaf West Spring Awakening. Yeah, and stuff like, like, Next to Normal, I watched IRL in New York, and then I went home and I watched the bootleg, I mean, probably, like, 80 times. Like, I watched it basically every night. I would stay up in high school watching it, because it was so important to me, and, like, that piece of art is so important to me, and it's been such an impact on my life, and, like, so many other shows are the same, and so, yeah, that's, you know... Hashtag safe bootleg culture. However, it's always fun to play devil's advocate. Because, like, one argument against bootleg culture isn't so much of the losing money as that's not how it's meant to be experienced. So what say you to that? Because, like, I know specifically um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton, is against bootleg culture because that's not how he wants Hamilton to be experienced. Yeah, but the thing about that is, like, if I could have gone to the theater and seen it live 80 times every night, like, heckin' yeah, I would have. Obviously, I would love to experience it the way that it's meant to be experienced. But again, that's not possible for, I'm gonna say, nearly anybody. I mean, there's that one kid in, like, everyone's acting class who's seen Wicked 27 times, and it's like, wow, what's it like to be you? I know that one kid that's seen Dear Evan Hansen, like, 50 times. I know a couple kids like that. But for the majority of people, especially, I mean, I'm in New York now. I was not born in New York, and I was lucky enough that my family could come to New York every once in a while and see a show. But, like, again, next to normal, after I saw it in person, I wasn't going to get to see it again because I went home. So watching the bootleg was my only option. So you got to make do with what you got. That's, like, the only, like, solid argument that I can find against it. It's, like, that's not the way it's meant to be experienced, but also, you're right, like, not everyone can experience it. I mean, I grew up in Kentucky. I wasn't even that into theater until I came here because I had no access to it, except for, like, the high school theater. Yeah. Because I didn't know what a bootleg was, so I'd never seen any show. So young, so fresh. I didn't know anything. Knew nothing. Though, I think there is beginning to be kind of an answer, and that's what um, Falsettos did. Oh, and screening it on actual television? Yeah, they, like, did it on TV, and then they, like, released it in theaters. And Hamilton's also. They, like, have a professional recording, which I think it's brilliant, because no, that's not how it's supposed to be experienced, but if you're doing a professional recording... A, you're still going to make money off of it, if that's what you're really concerned about, you know, with your multi-billion friggin' dollar Broadway show. And B, you, like, can curate how it's shot. You, like, it's directed. It's not just a bootleg from the balcony. Yeah, and I do get that. I think it's not, you know, I think that there are still issues with it. It's not the level of accessibility of bootleg culture. Mm-hmm. Provides, but I do get like how it is nicer for the artist because you can curate the way that it's showcased. It's still, it's still, it's on its way. Because if it's in theaters, like you still gotta sort of pay for it. And if it's on TV, TV, like we don't get cable. Yeah. But I do see where you're coming from. 
Yeah, and, like, with TV, TV, like, there are more and more options to stream now, too. Yeah. Well, these have been our opinions on bootleg culture. This has been Learning Corner with Pip and Moosh. And once we start making things on Broadway, you can bet we might just go ahead and share with you the best bootleg for you middle American people and poor New Yorkers that can't afford to see it 50 times. Yeah, honestly, if we get something on Broadway and you, like, tweet at us your bootlegs, if it's good, well, I'll retweet it. Yeah, maybe we'll make our own bootleg for our own show. Who knows? Yeah. I think Boy Shoulders is next. Boy with the Shoulders. Okay. I know we just started. But we've categorized all the people we can think of already. Mm -hmm. Like, before we started this podcast. Let's go wild. Can we categorize Broadway shows as Boys with Shoulders? I think it's important that we do. Let's start with the ones that are hanging on your wall. Okay, I got me some posters, you guys. Here's a little insight into my life. The one directly in front of us is one of my favorite Broadway shows of all time. In fact, tied for first, probably. And probably my least favorite Broadway show of all time. We're starting off so controversial. It is the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, I will say, has soft shoulders. I think it's a strong boy. Give me your reasoning. State your case. Because... It's not, it doesn't coddle you at all. It's like, no, this is a terrible situation for so many people involved. And the feelings that it gives you, they just grip your heart and they just won't ever let it go. And they just don't, they have no sympathy. They're like, no, feel, feel your feelings. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that. It's a strong boy. A strong boy. Um, I'm going to argue for shoulders. For shoulders? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to state my case on soft shoulders. Okay. Did I say soft shoulders? You did. Okay. I think it has soft shoulders based on the music. Because, you know, that's like the one thing that I do like about it is I do like the music. But the music isn't harsh. It's actually, for the subject, it's fairly like mellow and I don't know how to use music words. I'm not a music person like you. But it's, it's softer music. Like there is one very vicious part in that piano as the things falling. Da 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 Precisely. And that's the hardest part. Okay, so I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I think that, that is a big contributing factor. But additionally to that, have you know the the moment have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the movie and seen it on stage. Okay, the movie is bullshit, so don't even talk to me about that. Um, That's why I hate it. It's because of the movie. Well, because never, I had ever to... watched the movie. It's a Broadway show. It's meant to be on Broadway. It was made for Broadway. They shouldn't have made it into a movie. I know. I just I had to watch the movie for 14 hours straight, and that's why I don't like it. That was stupid. You I will have... admit that like it was fairly better on stage. I didn't hate it on stage. It's still not my favorite, so... but I could set through it. Anyway. The moment... I just wanted to try to mend some friendships. Where the Phantom is crawling across the stage on his stomach towards Christine. It's a power move. It's strong. And and the shoulders of the people who play the Phantoms, who is that that character. And to be fair, because Christine is pretty soft, but the Phantom is strong. So I will give you shoulders, but falling on a spectrum because we did graph these originally we did so like just picture this on a graph Mm -hmm. situation 
closer to the soft side. Okay. Because that is, I will give you, that is a very strong moment and that is a power move. I buy that. It can be shoulders, but it can be sort of on like the soft side of the line. Yeah. Okay. So, Phantom of the Opera. Strong boy with shoulders that are leaning slightly towards the softer side of having shoulders. All right, uh, to our left there, because why not go counterclockwise against the grain? <laughs> we have a current favorite. Yes. Favorite of both of us. Yes. Non-controversial. Favorite of most of the country. Honestly. Probably my top two, anyway. Ooh. That is Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen is a soft boy. Definitely a soft boy. With strong... I personally think Dear Evan Hansen has strong shoulders. I personally think... <laughs> I don't think that they're strong. What? No. I'd say I, I could go for shoulders. Can I sway you? No. <laughs> but the entire musical in and of itself is so strong emotionally. It rips at you. It tears you apart. I was crying in the second song and so were you. I saw you. No, I've 100% you were tearing was up in the second song. That's cute that you think that's true. I saw your face. You're literally stop lying to the people cuz they're going to think that I'm lying cuz people lie about not crying, but anyone who's ever met me can attest to the fact that I was absolutely not crying. Okay, Moosh doesn't cry, but you were teary-eyed. You were misty-eyed. Okay, you're making things up. No, now. I'm not. You're we making watched things up again, I Arnold. Right. And the man behind us was sobbing his eyes out from the, the second song. Oh my song god, on. the freaking neurotypicals behind us. I can't even. <laughs> um, anyway, no offense if you're listening and you're neurotypical. Just um, don't go to Dear Hansen and then complain the whole time about how it's weird that it's a social media play. Because that's not the point. <laughs> Anyway, based on the emotions and, like, even, like, the content and, like, the meaning message behind it is strong. Like, what Evan goes through is a lot, okay? I just, I think he, I think it has strong shoulders. But the way that it's done, I think mostly in comparison to similar shows of the same sort of category... And like, you know, let us repeat that there's no hierarchy. We're not reviewing the shows here. I'm saying that I think that some of them are done in a more aggressive way. Whereas I think that Dear Van Hansen, even like the plate that it's served on, is like a little bit softer. Like they aren't, they aren't jabbing the mental illness at you. They're slipping it under your door. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because I know there is one musical that I've not seen that probably does do a much strong, much harder. Which is? Um, I can never remember the name of it. Is it Next to Normal? Yes. So that's the other, that's the one that's tied yeah. with Phantom as my, like, freaking favorite. And I don't know why it. I haven't made you watch it. I have, don't look up a bootleg, though, because I have the best bootleg. Definitively the best bootleg. So, Van Hansen, Soft Boy with Shoulders. Okay. Yee. And do you want to move to... Um, there's one on the ground there that I had to re-put up because it just fell the other day. Oh. Um, but it's Falsettos. Oh, um, I've not finished Falsettos. I've only seen Act 1. Well, forget that then. 
To the left of falsettos is rent. Rent. How are we going to pay? No idea. I know what I think in both categories. I don't know what I think in both categories. What do you think? I think it's a boy with strong shoulders. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. It's gritty. But, yeah, I don't see it. It's soft and strong. Yeah. It is a soft and strong boy. Rent. Boy with strong shoulders. Wow, we still agreed on that one. That's insane. Well, I was, like, starting to lean to boy with shoulders, but I knew that it couldn't be. So I was really just, like, debating on the shoulders aspect. Yeah. Uh, And the next in line seems to be In the Heights. It is, in fact, In the Heights. I've only seen In the Heights once, but it's a good musical. I've seen it a couple times. And I agree, it's a good musical. It constantly gets stuck in my head. I think In the Heights is... Okay, I think we might have some contention here. Are we counting solely the musical as it stands by itself? Or other factors around the musical? Oh, because we talked about this. This is where we might we have to classify the making of the musical and the musical itself separately. Yeah. So I think right now we're only classifying the musical itself. The musical itself, I will say... Honestly, I think the musical itself is still a strong boy. With... Soft shoulders. Are you opposite? No. Not full opposite. I think either soft boy with shoulders or boy with shoulders. Well, I think it's a strong boy. Honestly, I might just not be able to like separate the making of the musical from the musical itself. Could yeah. be why I'm on strong boy side. Mm-hmm. But I know that we have to separate it, so I'm trying very hard. I do think that the musical is strong... In what it still stands for of being like like it shows you if you don't know we're just assuming that people will know what all of these are and haven't said anything about them well if they haven't seen in the heights then they can skip through this part <laughs> okay um but just like and spoilers anyway. whoops why do you think it's soft because i know you said okay i think it's soft because like, it's, I think, at its core. I mean, the core of the musical, right, mm-hmm. is Abuela. Yeah. And that is a soft core. That's true. And that's, and I think, I think that they're all very proud and, like, assertive and um, determined. But I think if we take a look back, as I love to do, at our quintessential soft boy... Mr. Ronald Weasley. (laughs) He is also all of those things. That's true. Okay. What did you say initially? I don't... You said strong boy, soft shoulders. Yeah. And you said... And I said either soft boy with shoulders or boy with shoulders. So why do you think soft shoulders? Kind of in the same range of where you said Evan Hansen had soft shoulders. Mm -hmm. Of, um... It, like, slips things to you. It doesn't, like, outrightly hammer much. It's just like, here's some, here's Sunny rapping about some things that are really wrong with the world and you're going to take it. Yeah. But I can also see it being stronger because it is a hip hop musical. And that is making a statement in and of itself of mixing genres. I'll give you shoulders though if you think soft shoulders. Well, now I'm questioning. Now I'm kind of thinking shoulders. Who knew In the Heights would be the one we couldn't decide on? Right. Okay. I would be willing to give it boys with shoulders. Boy with shoulders. Boy with shoulders? 
I think it's a deserving middle candidate. I'm willing to give it Boy With Shoulders. In the Heights. Boy With Shoulders. Um, have you seen Wicked? I've seen Wicked. I love Wicked. Strong Boy, Strong Shoulders. Strong Boy, Strong Shoulders. I agree entirely. Yo, Wicked. Okay, I have one more. It's not on your wall. We've gone through all of your posters. But I think it's very important because I know we've both seen this one. We need to classify Spongebob the Musical. (gasps) Spongebob the Musical, you guys. It's so good. It's so much better. Let me just tell you that whenever I heard Spongebob had a musical, I was like, all right, fine. I only see it if I don't have to pay. So I went with my dorm. It's so much better than you think it would be. It's amazing. It's, It's so good, especially if you grew up on Spongebob. I can see people that didn't not liking it. But as someone that did, beautiful. Okay, I need to take this moment to lie down because I'm tired of sitting. This is the part where Grandma lays down. <laughs> the part in every podcast where Bunny gets tired of sitting and lays down. You didn't, it's fine. The part in every life. Okay. Because as we said last time, you get tired. Yeah, there now I'm still far from the microphone. <laughs> okay. So Spongebob, I think, is a strong boy. No, no, I kind of take it back to you. I'm sorry if this is rustling the microphone away. Do you want me to hold it, or do you want to... I don't know. Or put it on its little tripod? I don't know that it'll stand. I think that Spongebob is a boy. I was about to say, I kind of take it back. I think Spongebob is also a boy. Because it... While it did what no one thought could happen, it did it, which I think makes it strong. But, like, at, at its core, Spongebob was always soft. Mm-hmm. Spongebob is always soft. But I do think it does have strong shoulders. Like, yeah, I agree with that. I think that the Ethan Slater effect is some strong shoulders. Yeah. He just loves that musical so much, and he just should have won the Tony. <laughs> And just, I, I don't think I disliked any song in it. No, because they're all freaking fire. They're all great. They're all different genres, and it worked together. It was, look, Spongebob the Musical, as much as I am tired of seeing commercial musicals and remake, not remakes, but. Oh, that's the other thing we were going to talk about. The West Side Story. Ugh, text. Yeah. We have to find those texts for the text segment, too. Yeah. Um, as much as you're tired of commercial stuff on Broadway. And, like, movies and things being turned into Broadway musicals. Spongebob did it pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, they still created their own little thing out of something that already existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Spongebob Squarepants the musical... Boy with strong shoulders. And I think that... Unless you have any more musicals you want to do. I mean, we're non-musicals. Oh, we are you Tuck? Tuck! Okay. You guys, I really... Can I just say... Can I just take this moment in this platform that we've built for ourselves <laughs> in the two podcasts that we've recorded to say this? Something that's just really important to me and it's just been on my mind my whole life ever since I was born and I just didn't even know it (laughs) 
You guys, I really, I mean really, I mean really, unironically and with my whole heart, love Tuck Everlasting the musical. I do too. Do people like it ironically? I don't know. People are terrible. Millennials these days. Tuck was amazing. Tuck was so good, and just people, they just didn't even care about it, and they didn't even love it the way that it should have been loved. Hashtag Tuck deserved better. Hashtag Tuck deserved so much better. Hashtag Daddy Tuck. (laughs) Michael Park, Daddy Tuck. (laughs) Um, I tried to show him my Tuck Everlasting tattoo when we saw um, Dear Evan Hansen. Did it work? No, we were so far behind everyone. We were. (laughs) You didn't hear anything. He Michael Park, if you're listening, <laughs> Bass has a Tuck Everlasting tattoo in my handwriting. It totally wasn't one of your lines at all, but you know, it's from, it's from Tuck. From a show that you were in. So that's cool. A- Andrew Keenan Bulger, if you're listening, it, it's your line. it was your line, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Not even gonna say what the line is. Just oh. guess. Just <laughs> look at all of Andrew's lines and figure out. And we'll have a contest. If you guess it correctly, then you get a prize. Look at this point. It's still only people that know us, so they probably know. No, they don't know. Okay. <laughs> um. So. Soft boy. Definite soft boy. With shoulders. Mm. Nah, I think with strong shoulders. Mm. No. I'm between the two of them as well. Mm. Shoulders and strong shoulders. Mm. It's just because it I think it I think it does have strong shoulders. But I think maybe it's in the graph like closer to the shoulders line yeah. in strong shoulders cuz like they did I mean they did just flop tremendously. They did. I mean That's... not tremendous. They didn't flop like Spider-Man or that kind of flop, but they did they they backed away slowly into the darkness. They did. That's true. But while they were around, they were just so, like, heartwarming and wholesome, and they were just, like, chugging along with their little show. And, like, the show was good. It was so good. Like, the music was good. The show was good. They did some dancing. Yeah, that, the final ballet scene. Also, do you know how many newsies were in Tuck Everlasting? I'm sure a lot. A lot. A lot. Andrew brought his whole friggin' squad with him. All of those background dancers in the carnival were, like, all newsies. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Only newsies can dance that way. Right? Anyone who can dance. Was Mike in it? I, I, I don't know for sure, but I saw a clip the other day where... Mike being Mike. How do you say his last name? Feist. Mike Feist. I think that's how I say it. I don't know. Mike Feist from Dear Evan Hansen. Um, he... <laughs> Mike, our friend. <laughs> uh, he was singing a song with another newsie. He was singing... Um, Anything you can do, I can do better. Oh, this is the one you sent me last night. Yes, yeah. with the dude who replaced him in Newsies. Yeah. And the dude said, shouldn't you be rehearsing for Tuck? And, it, like, as a burn. Right. Which I guess either means, like, he didn't get into Tuck, or they were already canceling Tuck at that point. Oof. Right, I caught that, and then I was, like, it let it brush off. Oof. Oof. Ouch. Ouch. Rude. Anyway, so, um, did we settle? No, we're still between shoulders and strong shoulders. Um, 
Oh, no. I think we settled on strong shoulders, leaning towards yeah. shoulders. So, tug everlasting. Soft boy with strong shoulders that are slightly leaning towards the shoulders part of strong shoulders. Well, I think that wraps up boy shoulders. That's the end of boy shoulders. Here's something weird. What about tech boots? How about those? Am I right? <laughs> no, but like... A, you always hear about theaters themselves being haunted. But especially tech booths. And I don't know why, because I feel like if I was a ghost that was haunting a theater, I would be an actor, and I would be dramatically haunting the stage. But, like, that doesn't seem to be the case. Isn't that, like, a thing? Like, like people put up ghost lights to, like, please the ghosts of the theater? Yeah, if you why are theaters totally haunted? Dark? Because they're, like, places of passion, you know? I feel like places of passion are what get haunted. That's fair. I guess that makes sense, which explains why tech booths get haunted, because man, there is some passion up there, passionate crying when you miss a cue. You got some feelings about this, Pip? <laughs> passionate crying when you accidentally leave someone's mic on. So. <laughs> also. <laughs> but I feel like they might like tech booths because, like, you remember that ghost in Scooby-Doo that was, like, the, the something watt ghost, like, the lots of watts yeah. goes oh. like electric yeah because electricity like can uh they can feed off of it yeah. yeah that makes sense and they'd be able to like do a lot of stuff from the booth i mean they could control so much of the theater from the booth okay but i just imagine like a ghost <laughs> stage manager <laughs> just like calling shows <laughs> and just living his life like the go like the person, how long's Phantom been on? Like, a uh, bajillion started years? in 1988. So. so, like, definitely whoever, like, was the OG SM for Phantom is dead. Maybe. I don't know. 30 years? Yeah, dead. <laughs> Probably not. In my head, dead. So, like, if they're dead, just, like, still up there in the booth, just Colin Phantom. I don't know. That's the longest running Broadway show. Something needs to be longer, so someone could be dead. Yeah, I think, I mean, you could do something really old, like a show that closed a really long time ago, could the SM could be calling something else now? That like, just makes too much what sense. What Broadway theater was the Enchantress in? I'm gonna Google it. Um, right here, right now. What are really old Broadway shows? The Enchantress. I've never heard of that. I am not as much of a theater nerd as Banana here. Um, the Enchantress went if up. If we in... were in England, you'd be Banana. I just stop that. Hilarious. Um, or even in Kentucky. Unless it was off Broadway, and I'm just. Um, but it went up in 1912, and I sang one of the songs from it to get into NYU. Oh, oh what about Shuffle Along? Shuffle That's Along, old. the making of the 1920 musical and all that came after? No, I mean Shuffle Along, the OG 1920 musical that Shuffle Along, the making of the 1920 musical and all that came after is based upon. So the SM of Shuffle Along might still be over there haunting up wherever that was, trying to call the show, and then the SM of whoever's there is just fighting the ghost every single night. Do you think when you die you'll haunt a theater? I don't know. I mean, 
this is something else we talked about on the last last episode was haunting things. That's true. I guess it would depend on how I died, so whether or not I had a choice of if I, like, where I haunt, or if I get to haunt. I'm still very iffy on how the afterlife works, like I'm sure most people are, so if I got the choice to haunt somewhere, I honestly don't think it would be a theater. No. I mean, like, maybe it'll depend on where my life goes, because I don't know, if I do end up, like, following the playwriting route more than the TV route, maybe... But, like, then what if I, like, write for TV? Then I'll just haunt the TV studio forever. That's fair. Just haunt that writer's room. Make sure they don't mess up my 80-season-long show. I'm writing the next Simpsons, honestly. Wow, that's pretty remarkable. (laughs) And it's gonna be about people. Doing things. People doing things. No, it should be about people doing nothing. Those shows go so well. Look at Seinfeld. Look at Gilmore Girls. I don't know if I would haunt a theater or not. I would consider it, certainly. But I don't know if that I'd want to spend my afterlife in Manhattan. <laughs> you would just haunt the shores of every beach in the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I would... I'd rather spend my afterlife here than from than in Kentucky. I'd get so bored. What would I do? Haunt KFC? No. Colonel Sanders has got that. You could make their chicken taste funny. It already does. You could be a fryer ghost. No. Just be made of oil. Attack people with hot oil. What have I done to go to hell? You can attack people with hot oil and be chill yourself. You're a ghost. You're only haunting if you're in limbo. No, I meant to To be be at KFC. Yeah. To be stuck at KFC. Oh my god. You know what's fun? What's fun? This is totally unrelated to theater, but I was watching it just before you came in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a video about my hometown and about reporter, a reporter, a specific reporter from my hometown that um, launched an investigation into the sheriff selling guns in the back of his barbershop. That's the most Kentucky thing I've ever heard. I know, right? And it's, like, 100% true. Like, he was doing it. People could trade, like, three pain pills for a gun at his barbershop because he was also addicted to pain pills. Corrupt sheriffs. I also learned that the only person that can arrest a sheriff is the county coroner. That makes no sense. You know, it's also illegal um, to have an ice cream cone in your back pocket in Kentucky. We need to have a weird laws episode. We do. There's so many weird laws. Anyway... Do we have anything else to talk about? Got any uh, funny theater stories? My biggest mess up was probably the last show that I was working on. There was a lamp on stage, and that lamp was the bane of my existence. Because, like, the deal was, there were a couple times when they would turn the lamp on and then, like, not turn it off before the next scene, and then it had to be off in the next scene. So they couldn't actually turn the lamp on. It just had to be a light cue from the booth where, like, it got brighter in the room. And they were like, ah, yes, the light, it has come on. (laughs) Um, they did not say that. (laughs) And so there was one point... No, they said, let there be light. Yes, every time. There was one point... I've seen the show, I know things. Yeah, Pip did see the show. Uh, where an actress went to turn the light on, 
and there was this really loud like banging in the booth and I was really concerned about what was going on and it distracted me. The ghost? The ghost. And so I missed the cue to turn the light on. This was also early, early. This was like the second performance. So we hadn't had time to run it because we only got like four hours of tech because it was a festival show. Anyway, I missed the cue to turn the light up and I realized like half a second later, um, and there's a cue at the end of the scene where they turn the light off. And so I started fading the lamp lights up like really slowly so you couldn't really tell. Um, I faded them up to like half so that when the cue came to turn them off, I would have something to turn off and then they would forget that the lamp light hadn't changed. Um, and then the cue came for the lamp to turn off and the actress went up to turn the lamp off, you know, in air quotes, and I hit the lights and she actually turned the switch by accident. And so the lamp lights up in the grid went off but the lamp itself turned on (laughs) and it was an issue and she went back into like the bed that she was sitting on and then she looked over and she was like oh it's still on (laughs) and like had to go up and turn the actual lamp off that was the show i saw yeah that was honestly like such a funny moment it was the roughest point in our run, but luckily it's a moment that's buried in like the middle of the show. Yeah. So I think the audience pretty much forgot about it by the end because it's a really good piece of theater. So like, you're pretty involved in what's actually going on by the end. Um, yeah, and I think it was yeah. a really smooth recovery from the actress. Yeah, but it was rough in that in that moment. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that light really just came on when the lights got dimmer. I didn't notice that you missed your cue though. Well, that's good. <laughs> I did, I'd noticed that, and, like, I solely remember it because, like, I know the person that wrote this, and, like, I know the show. So, like, I was being very critical of every single thing and made a note of every mess up. Good. Not really. <laughs> I just knew that wasn't supposed to happen, and it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked it. R.I.P. Oh. Um, That's a good run. Good show. Good show. A jolly good, good show. Good <laughs> Brenner? Brenner? No. Okay, well, kids, I think that's all of our segments. So I hope that you enjoyed this Broadway edition of Pamat Podcast. Um, hope that you like Broadway, because otherwise you probably just didn't listen to this one. All right, y'all. Have a great Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Okay, bye. Hey y'all, editing Pip here again with an outro because we haven't gotten a chance to re-record one. So sorry for the shoddy mic situation, but thank you so much for listening. Be sure to come back next week because we have a new episode every single Monday. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. We'll figure that out this weekend when Brenna's over so we can record. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast. If you want to give us some ideas or if you just want to talk to us or see what we've got to say, we're trying to be witty, but we're uh, both pretty bad about updating social media. So we're trying. Uh, Give us a shot. Talk to you next week. Bye.